Concept 1.1 Studying the diverse forms of life reveals common themes. Biology is a subject of enormous scope and exciting new biological discoveries are being made every day. How can you organize and make sense of all the information you'll encounter as you study biology? Focusing on a few big ideas, ways of thinking about life that still hold true decades from now, will help. Here, we'll describe five unifying themes to serve as touchstones as you proceed throughout this book. Theme, new pro properties emerge at successive levels of biological organization. The study of life extends from the microscopic scale of molecules and cells that make up organisms to the global scale of the entire living planet. As biologists, we can do Divide this enormous range into different levels of biological organization. Imagine zooming in from space to take a closer and closer look at life on Earth. It is a spring in Ontario, Canada, and our destination is a local forest, where we will eventually narrow our focus down to the molecules that make up a maple leaf. Figure 1.3 narrates this journey into life, as the numbers guide you through photographs illustrating the hierarchy of biological organization. Zooming in at ever finer resolution illustrates the pr principle of reductionism, the, pro the approach of reducing complex systems to simpler components that make it more manageable to study. Reductionism is a popular strategy in biology. For example, by studying the molecular structure of DNA that has been extracted from cells, James Watson and Francis Crick inferred the chemical basis of biological inheritance. However, although it has propelled many major discoveries, reductionism provides a necessarily incomplete view of life on Earth, as we'll discuss next. Figure 1.3, Exploring Levels of Biological Organization. The Biosphere. Even from space, we can see signs of Earth's life. In the green mosaic of forests, for example, we can also see the scale of the entire biosphere, which consists of all life on Earth and all the places where life exists. Most regions of land, most bodies of water, the atmosphere at an altitude of several kilometers, and even sediments far below the ocean floor. Our first scale change brings us to a North American forest with many de de deciduous trees, trees that lose their leaves and grow new ones each year. A deciduous forest is an example of an ecosystem, as are grasslands, deserts, and coral reefs. An ecosystem consists of all living things in a particular area, along with all non-living components of the environment with which life interacts, such as soil, water, atmospheric gases, and light. Communities, the array of organisms inhabiting a particular biological ecosystem is called a biological community. This community in our forest ecosystem includes many kinds of trees and other plants, various animals, mushrooms, and other fungi. The enormous numbers of diverse microorganisms, which are living forms such as bacteria, are too small to see without a microscope. Each of these forms of life is called a species. Populations. A population consists of all the individuals of a species living within the bounds of a specified area. For example, our forest includes a population of sugar maple trees and a population of white-tailed deer. A community is therefore the set of populations. And inhabit a particular area. Organisms. Individual living things are called organisms. Each of the maple trees and other plants in the forest is an organism. 
and so is each deer, frog, beetle, and other forest animals. The soil teems with microorganisms, such as bacteria, organs, and organ systems. The structural hierarchy of life continues to unfold as we explore the architecture of more complex organisms. The maple leaf is an example of an organ, a body part that carries out a particular function in the body. Stems and roots are another major are other are the other major organs of plants. The organs of complex animals and plants are organized into organ systems, each a team of organs that cooperate in larger functions. Organs consist of multiple tissues. Tissues. To see the tissues of a leaf requires a microscope. Each tissue is a group of cells that works together, performing a specialized function. The leaf shown here has been cut on an angle. The honeycombed tissue is the in, in, in the anterior of the leaf, left side of the photo, is the main location of photosynthesis, the process that converts light energy to the chemical energy of sugar. The jigsaw puzzle-like skin on the surface of the leaf is a tissue called epidermis, through right side of the photo. The pores through the epidermis allow entry of the gas CO2, a raw material for sugar production. Cells. The cell is a fundamental unit of structure and function. Some organisms are single cells, while others are multicellular. A single cell performs all the functions of life, while a multicellular organism has a division of labor, of labor among specialized cells. Here we come across a magnified view of cells in a leaf tissue. One cell is about 40 micrometers across. About 500 of them would reach across a small coin. As tiny the, as these cells are, you can see that each contains numerous green structures called chloroplasts, which are responsible for photosynthesis. Chloroplasts are examples of organelles, the various functional components present in cells. This image, taken by a powerful microscope, shows a single chloroplast. Molecules, our last scale change drops us into the chloroplast for a view of life at the a molecular level. The molecule is a chemical structure consisting of two or more units called atoms, represented as balls in this computer graphic of the chlorophyll molecule. Chlorophyll is the pigment is the pigment molecule that takes a maple leaf that makes a maple leaf green and it absorbs sunlight during photosynthesis. With each chloroplast, millions of chlorophyll molecules are organized into systems that convert light energy to the chemical energy of food. Emergent properties. Let's re-examine 1.3, beginning this time at the molecule, at the molecular level and zooming out. Viewed this way, way, we see that at each level, novel properties emerge that are absent from the preceding one. These emergent pro properties are due to the arrangement and interactions of parts as complexity increases. For example, although photosynthesis occurs in an intact chloroplast, it will not take place in a disorganized test tube mixture, mixture of chlorophyll and other chloroplast molecules. The coordinated processes of photosynthesis require a specific organization of these molecules in the chloroplast. Isolated components of living systems, acting as objects of a study in a reductionist approach to biology, typically lack some of the properties that emerge at higher levels of organization. Emergent properties are not unique to life. A box of bicycle parts won't transmit you, port you anywhere, but if they are arranged in a certain way, you can pedal to your chosen destination. 
Compared to such non-living examples, however, the unrivaled complexity of biological systems makes the emergent properties of life ex especially challenging to study. To fully explore emergent properties, biologists today complement reductionism with systems biology, the exploration of a biological system by analyzing the interactions among its parts. A single leaf cell can be considered a system as can a frog, an ant colony, or a desert ecosystem. By examining and modeling the dynamic behavior of an integrated network of components, systems biology enables us to pose new kinds of questions. For example, how does a drug that lowers blood pressure affect the functioning of organs throughout the body? At a larger scale, how does a gradual increase in atmospheric carbon dioxide alter ecosystems in the entire biosphere? Systems biology can be used to study life at all levels. structure and function. At each level of the biological hierarchy, we find a correlation of structure and function. Consider the leaf in figure 1.3. Its thin, flat shape maximizes the capture of sunlight by chloroplast. More generally, analyzing a biological structure gives us clues about what it does and how it works. Conversely, knowing the function of something provides insight into its structure and organization. Many examples from the animal kingdom show a correlation between structure and, fun and function, including the hummingbird. The hummingbird's anatomy allows the wings to rotate at the shoulder, at the shoulder, so hummingbirds have the ability, unique among birds, to fly backwards or hover in place. How hovering, the birds can extend their long, slender beaks into flowers and feed on nectar. The elegant match of form and function in structures of life is explained by natural selection, as we'll explore shortly. The cell, an organism's basic unit of structure and function. In life's structural hierarchy, the cell is the smallest unit of organization that can perform all required activities. In fact, the activities of organizations are based on the activities of cells. For instance, the movement of your eyes as you read this sentence results from the activities of muscles and nerve cells. Even a process that occurs on a global scale, such as the recycling of carbon atoms, is the cumulative product of cellular functions, including the photosynthesis activity of chloroplasts and leaf cells. All cells share certain characteristics. For instance, every cell is enclosed by a membrane that regulates the passage of materials between the cell and its surroundings. Nevertheless, we recognize two main forms of cells prokaryotic and eukaryotic. The cells of two groups are called of the cells of two groups of single-celled microorganisms, bacteria, singular bacterium, and archaea, singular archaean, are prokaryotic. All other forms of life, including plants and animals, are composed of eukaryotic cells. A eukaryotic cells contain a eukaryotic cell contains membrane-enclosed organelles. Some organelles, such as DNA-containing nucleus, are found in the cells of all eukaryotes. Other organelles are specific to s particular cell types. For example, the chloroplast in figure 1.3 is an organelle found only in eukaryotic cells that carry out photosynthesis. In contrast to eukaryotic cells, a prokaryotic cell lacks a nucleus or other membrane enclosed organelles. Furthermore, the prokaryotic cells 
are generally smaller than eukaryotic cells, as shown in figure 1.5. Theme. Life's processes involve the expression and transmission of genetic information. Within cells, structures called chromosomes contain genetic material to form in the form of DNA. Deoxic ribonucleic acid. In cells that are preparing to divide, the chromosomes may be made visible using a dye that appears blue when bound to the DNA. A lung cell from a newt divides into two smaller cells that will grow and divide again. Each time a cell divides, the DNA is first replicated or copied, and each of the two cellular offspring inherits a complete set of chromosomes, identical to that of the parent cell. Each chromosome contains vi one very long DNA molecule with hundreds or thousands of genes, each a stretch of DNA arranged along the chromosome. Transmitted from parents to offspring, genes are the units of inheritance. They encode the information necessary to build all the molecules synthesized within a cell, which in turn establish that cell's identity and function. Each of us begins as a single cell stocked as DNA inherited from our parents. The replication of that DNA during each round of cell division transmitted copies of the DNA to what eventually will become the trillions of cells of the human body. As the cells grew and divided, the genetic information encoded by the DNA directed our development. The molecular structure of DNA accounts for its ability to store information. A DNA molecule is made up of two long chains called strands arranged in a double helix. Each chain is made up of four kinds of chemical building blocks called the nucleotides, abbreviated A, T, C, and G. The way DNA encodes information is analogous to how we arrange the letters of the alphabet to words and phrases that specifically, with specific meanings. The word rat, for example, evokes a rodent. The words tar and art, which contain the same letters, mean very different things. We can think of nucleotides as, four letter, as the four-letter alphabet. Specific sequences of these four nucleotides encode the information in genes. DNA provides the blueprints for making proteins, which are the major players in building and maintaining the cell, and carrying out its activities. For instance, a particular bacterial gene may specify a certain enzyme protein required to assemble the cell membrane, while a human gene may denote an antibody protein that helps fight off infection. Genes control protein production directly. Genes control proton produ protein production indirectly using a related molecule called RNA as an intermediary. The sequence of nucleotides along a gene is transcribed into RNA, which is then translated into a specific protein with a unique shape and function. This entire process by which the information in the gene directs the manufacture of a cellular product is called gene expression. In translating genes into proteins, all forms of life employ essentially the same genetic code. A particular sequence of nucleotides says the same thing in one organism as it does in another. Differences between organisms reflect differences between their nucleotide sequences rather than between their genetic codes. Not all RNA molecules in the cell are translated into protein. 
Some RNAs carry out other important tasks. For example, we've known for decades that some types of RNA are actually components of the cellular machinery that manufactures proteins. Recently, scientists have discovered whole new classes of RNA that play other roles in the cell, such as regulating the functioning of protein-coded genes. All of these RNAs uh, are specified by genes, and the production of these RNAs is also referred to as gene expression. By carrying the instructions for making proteins and RNAs by replicating with each cell division, DNA ensures faithful inheritance of genetic information from generation to generation. The entire genomic, genomics, large-scale analysis of DNA sequences, the entire library of genetic instructions into an organism inherits is called a genome. A typical human cell has two similar sets of chromosomes, and each set has approximately three billion nucleotide pairs of DNA. If the one-letter abbreviation for the nucleotides is of one strand is a set of uh, is a and a set were written in letters the size of those you are now reading, then genetics would the genetic text would fill about 800 int introductory biology textbooks. Since the early 1990s, the pace at which researchers can determine the sequence of a genome has accelerated by almost unbelievable rate, enabling, enabled by a revolution in technology. The entire sequence of nucleotides in the human genome is now known, along with the genome sequences for many other organisms, including other animals, numerous plants, fungi, bacteria, and archaea. To make sense of the deluge of data from genome sequencing projects and growing gnome and growing catalog and the growing catalog of known gene functions, scientists are applying a systems biology approach to the cellular and molecular levels. Rather than investigating a single gene at a time, researchers study whole sets of genes in one or more species, an approach called genomics. One important research three important research developments have been made to, the, to make the genomic approach possible. One is a high-throughput tech technology, tools that can anal analyze biological materials very rapidly. The second major development is bioinformatics, the use of computational tools to store, organize, and analyze the huge volumes of data that result from high-throughput methods. The third key development is the formation of interdisciplinary research teams, melting pots of diverse specialists that may include computer scientists, mathematicians, engineers, chemists, physicists, and of course, biologists from a variety of fields. Researchers in such teams aim to learn how the activities of all proteins and non-translated RNAs encoded by the DNA are coordinated in the cells and in whole organisms. Theme. Life requires the transfer and transformation of energy and matter. Energy and matter, moving, growing, and reproducing, re moving, growing, reproducing, and the various cellular activities of life are work, and work requires energy. Input of energy, primarily from the sun, and transformation of energy from one form to another make life possible. Chlorophyll molecules within plants' leaves convert the energy of sunlight to the chemical energy of food the sugars produced during photosynthesis. The chemical energy in sugar is then passed along by plants and other photosynthetic 
organisms, producers, to consumers. Consumers are organisms such as animals that feed on producers and other consumers. When an organism uses chemical energy to perform work, some of that energy is converted to thermal energy and is dissipated to the surrounding as heat. As a result, energy flows through an ecosystem, usually entering as light and exiting as heat. In contrast, chemical elements are recycled within an ecosystem. Chemicals that a plant absorbs from the air or soil may be incorporated into the plant's body, then passed to an animal that eats the plant. Eventually, those chemicals will be returned to the environment by decomposition, such as bacteria and fungi, that break down waste products, organic debris, and bodies of dead organisms. The chemicals are then available to be taken up by plants again, thereby completing the cycle. Theme. Organisms interact with other organisms in the physical environment. Interactions. Turning into figure 1.3, this time focusing on the ecosystem, including the forest and its surroundings. Each organism interacts continuously with physical factors in its environment. The leaves of the tree, for example, absorb light from the sun, take in carbon dioxide from the air, and release oxygen to the air. The environment is also affected by the organisms living there. For instance, a plant takes up water and minerals from the soil through its roots, and its roots break up rocks, thereby contributing to the formation of soil. On a global scale, plants and other photosynthetic organisms have generated all the oxygen in the atmosphere. The tree also interacts with, its, with other organisms, such as soil microorganisms associated with its roots, insects that live in the tree, and animals that eat, that eat its leaves and fruit. Such interaction between organisms include those that are mutually beneficial, those in which one species benefits and the other is harmed, as in when a lion kills and eats a zebra, and those in which both species are harmed, as when two plants compete for a soil resource that is in short supply. As we'll see, interactions between organisms uh, not only affect the participants, they also affect how the populations evolve over time. An interaction between species that benefits both participants. These sturgeon fish, fish feed on the small organisms living on the sea turtle's skin. The sea turtle benefits from the removal of parasites, and the sturgeon fish gain a meal and protection from enemies. Evolution, the core theme of biology. Having considered four of the unifying themes that run through this text, now let's now turn to biology's core theme, evolution. Evolution makes sense of everything we know about living organisms. Life has been evolving on Earth for billions of years, resulting in a vast diversity of past and present organisms. But along with the diversity are many shared features. For example, while seahorses, jackrabbits, hummingbirds, crocodiles, and giraffes all look different, their skeletons are basically similar. The scientific explanation for this unity and diversity, as well as for the adaption of organisms to their environments, is evolution, the idea that organisms living on Earth today are the modified descendants of common ancestors. In other words, we can explain traits shared by two organisms with the idea that they have descended from a common ancestor, and we can account for differences with the idea that heritable changes have occurred along the way. Many kinds of evidence support the occurrence of evolution and the theory that describes how it takes place. In the next section, we'll consider the fundamental concept of evolution in greater detail. Concept check 1.1. 1 
For each biological level, level in figure 1.3, write a sentence that includes components from the previous, lower, level of biological organizations. For example, a community consists of populations of various species inhabiting a certain area. Identify the theme or themes exemplified by A, the sharp spines of a porcupine, B, the development of a multicellular organism from a single fertilized egg, and C, a hummingbird using sugar to power its flight. What if? For each theme discussed in this section, give an example not mentioned in the text. 